Today on the show, we have a really special guest. Her name is Kaylee Giacome. She is a business attorney. She is a mom of three, and she owns a law firm called Brand Law Boutique. And then she owns a contract template shop called Contractista. And on the show today, we are talking about naming your podcast, how to do that in a way that is legal. And when it comes to naming your podcast, there's so much to think about. And Kaylee really brings this to a new level. It is so good. I cannot wait for you to hear this. Let's meet Kaylee. Hey, Mama, are you wanting to start or grow your podcast? Are you a busy mom running an online business and you enjoy small, actionable, bite-sized tips? Do you dream of having a business that flocks your ideal clients to you? If you answered yes, let's reconnect you with your why and take action with your dreams and give you the clarity that you crave. I'm on a mission to help you grow your online business through the power of podcasting. Each week, we'll dive into topics to help you feel more confident behind the mic and the tips, tricks, and tools that you need to help you grow your online business. I'm Pamela Krista, a blogger and website designer turned podcast manager and strategist. But I'm also a Jesus lover, a wife, and a mama to five. So friend, I know how valuable your time is. I promise you'll only get the good stuff here. This is Moms Who Podcast. Let's dig in. Kaylee, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and to have this conversation with you. How are you today? Hey, Pamela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. I'm excited to talk today. Yes, me too. I knew that I wanted to have you on for this topic specifically because it's just, it's such an important topic. And I knew that you were the perfect person to answer all these questions. So, Kaylee, I would love it if you would introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Kaylee Giacome. I'm a business attorney. I have a trademark practice, and that's what we're going to talk about today is trademarks, and that's called Brand Law Boutique. I also have a contract template shop, and that is Contractista. I'm a mom of two little ones. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. We have a very full life, a hybrid homeschool. So my five-year-old goes to kindergarten part-time, and my little one is in school part-time. And that's when I work like about three and a half days a week. We have, we just moved to like a mini farm and we have chickens and ducks. And I never, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl I'm from the suburbs. Never thought I would be living that life, but here I am. It must be the YouTube influence. <laughs> right. I love that. Okay. So we are going to be talking about podcast names today specifically. And Kaylee, there are so many podcasts out there already. And a lot of them, I realized, and I was actually kind of shocked by this, a lot of them have like similar names. Like they might not be exactly the same, but they're similar. So what is your advice and how would you say to stand out in like a sea of names that are just so much alike? How can somebody differentiate from making that choice? Yeah, that's a great question. And so you have the practical concern of people being able to find your podcast. Maybe they hear about it somewhere else. Maybe you are guesting on another podcast. They hear about your podcast. They go to search it. And if there are four that are very similar and they need to, you know, scroll over on their phone to even find yours, you know, it might be very likely that they end up listening to another podcast, that all that promotional work that you're doing is actually going to serve someone else's downloads, right? And then the other concern is that if you are using a name that is the same or confusingly similar to another podcast name, that might be trademark infringement. 
because a trademark is a brand identifier. So that could be a business name, but it could also be the name of a podcast. And that is protectable. And so if that individual has registered their trademark or registered their podcast name as a trademark, then that you know might be a big problem for you. And even if they actually haven't gone through the process of registering it, they can rely on their common law rights if they were using the name first in connection with podcasts. So podcasts fall under class 41 is educational services and entertainment services. And so this is a concern and something to keep in mind whether or not you're using it. Um, and as that, you know, being my main practice, I can tell you I have many clients that we've registered the name of their podcast and also many clients who have received cease and desist letters from another business owner saying that they are infringing on the name of their business or their podcast. Um, you know, those names might be the same or your business name might be different than your podcast, but both are protectable. So you do have these two concerns of, you know, being your business or your podcast name actually being confused with another one for those practical reasons of them not actually listening to your podcast. And then the legal concern of not wanting to, you know, step on the toes of someone else and infringe on their name. Right. And that makes so much sense. And this is actually something that I teach my students and my clients is that when you are, you know, in the process of creating your podcast and creating your podcast artwork, you only have basically two identifiers, which is the name of your podcast and the podcast artwork. So that alone, like Kaylee, you just said, somebody could just choose somebody else's artwork and they're because it's going to be the same name. So at that point, they're looking at the artwork. But that's just it's so important to like make yourself stand out so that you don't even have to worry about that. Right. Right. Yeah. And so speaking of names that are similar, do you suggest go? I mean, you kind of cover that, I guess. But do you suggest going with something else or is it OK if a podcast name is similar as long as it's not the same, quote unquote? Like what if a word is different? Maybe if, maybe it's like in and not of or, you know, like a little small change here. Is that OK because it's technically different or would you still suggest to probably find another podcast name? I feel like I know your answer, but <laughs> yes. So this is actually it's not a short answer. I, I'll oh. be the shortest possible, but we could yeah. have whole big conversation about this. So in a nutshell, in order for you know a mark to be able to be registered, it needs to be not confusingly similar to another mark. And if your mark is confusingly similar to another mark that was being used before you were using the name, it might be trademark infringement. So they do not need to be identical. They can be confusingly similar. So I'll use I'll go through an example. So let's say that I have a really successful coffee shop. I own a coffee shop and I am going to now teach other people how they can start their own successful coffee shop. And I'm going to make a podcast too for, you know, for marketing. Yeah. And I call myself Billionaire Barista. So that's the name of the podcast is Billionaire well, Barista. Sounds like an amazing business. I'm just going to yeah. say that. But <laughs> and I have used this example before and I don't I think anyone run with it. So if you're still struggling for a business idea, here it is. I this is a great one. Okay. I'm all ears. Yes. And my use of it in examples has not established my right to. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So Billionaire Barista podcast. And maybe I even, you know, do a Google search. I get my social handles. It doesn't seem like there are any billionaire baristas out there. And right now, let's say I only have, I have an online course and I have my podcast. 
Um, I also even go on the government's website for their searchable database. That's the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office's TESS database, T-E-S-S. Even though I'm telling you about this, it's I'll, I'll tell you why it's an imperfect tool. It's useful if you want to find an identical hit of a name. So I'm going to go on there. I'm going to search billionaire barista and I don't get any results. It looks like there are no billionaire baristas. So I, I think I'm good to go. So I launched this business. The podcast is really growing. Everything's going really well. And then let's say 18 months, two years into this, I get a cease and desist letter. And the cease and desist letter is from a company called Billion Dollar Coffee Maker. Okay. And they don't have a podcast. They don't even have an online course, but they do business consulting for coffee shops. And let's say it's even, you know, more niche than that. Let's say they consult on like the equipment, the industrial equipment for coffee shops. And so I'm here thinking the names are not identical. I have Billionaire Barista and Billion Dollar Coffee Maker. Our services are not the same. But the problem here is that we're in this gray area of, yes, the names are not identical, but they're confusingly similar because each of my words is a synonym for their name. And it didn't come up when I did my search in the government database because it's a really poor search tool and it doesn't cross-reference any synonyms. And it was only going to give me that identical hit. And that is not the only conflict that, you know, that could cause me to be infringing on someone else's trademark. So then our services are also not identical. If I had gone to register this trademark because I have a course and a podcast, I would have only been registering in class 41, educational services and entertainment services. They are registered in class 35, which is business consulting. So now we're in this gray area and I spend a lot of my time applying for trademarks for clients and then a lot of my time dealing with responses that people get, either cease and desist letters or let's say someone filed a trademark application on their own and they didn't do a proper search and they get a refusal back from the government that cites this other trademark. I spend a lot of my time formulating arguments about why the names are not confusingly similar. And so that's why this can get into like an hour-long discussion because I might have a five-page legal argument about why the names are not confusingly similar that go into these 12 different chapters. So there's that short answer, and then it can get really nuanced and complicated. So in a nutshell, let's just boil it down. How do you avoid this problem? You need to do a thorough search. Ideally, you would work with a trademark attorney. When I mentioned that government database that has really poor search capabilities, I use special software that I have a subscription to that's for large corporations and law firms that are conducting trademark searches. So it's cross-referencing those synonyms, phonetically similar words, spelling variations. And if it's not in your budget to work with an attorney or you just want to get started on your own, then you really need to do it very manually. I suggest you get out a piece of paper, come up with your name idea, and then pull up the online dictionary and look at all the synonyms for those words. Also be mindful of if you have the letter K in one of the words, switch it for a C, because those are things that aren't going to come up in the government database. It's not even going to pull up. It might be the same sounding word, like let's say 
you have the word class, for example, in your podcast name, like C-L-A-S-S. Someone else has K-L-A-S-S. I don't know. That's not going to come up. And it will absolutely be, it'll be treated like it's identical, even though. So do a Google search, search the government database, search those social media platforms, and then certainly do a search in the, in the podcast apps as well. But know that a name could be confusingly similar and it could even be trademark infringement, even if they don't have a podcast. So it's, there's a lot going on there. I also don't want to intimidate anyone about coming up with a podcast name, just hire due diligence. If, If you would, if it would be very upsetting to you to be in a situation where you are forced to rebrand, you're very committed to this name. And if you were in that billionaire barista situation where you might be forced to rename your podcast, if that's not a situation that you want to find yourself in, um, you want to avoid that possibility, then those are reasons why you should consider registering your trademark, doing that comprehensive search. Wow, my mind is blown. And I, I'm like so invested. I want to know how it ends. So like, because in my mind, they're two totally different. I yes, mean, we can, since this is a hypothetical, it's choose your own adventure. We, do right. you want the happy story or the sad story? <laughs> I, I'm choosing the happy story. So these businesses are going okay. to okay. so and they're the happy. happy story. The happy story is they hired Kaylee and then yes. Kaylee wrote a letter to their counsel and I made an argument of why I don't find the names confusingly similar. And we negotiated by saying, okay, we agree to not ever use your variation of the name. We will never use billion dollar coffee maker. Perhaps we will not even, we will agree to avoid using the term coffee maker altogether. We're going to be staying in our lane, only doing online courses, one-on-one business coaching, and we're not going to be doing any consulting in the space of that weird that weird niche they had of yeah. industrial equipment. And basically that's our coexistence agreement. And that would be the probably the best way that would end. Yeah. I love that. And that's why you do what you do. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. So if we're not able to invest in an attorney, what are some ways, and I know you briefly touched on this, what are some other ways that we can just make sure to do our due diligence? So of course, checking the USPTO website, you know, searching on Google and then checking social media, checking the Apple podcast app in the search bar. Is there anything else that I missed that you should be checking into? I think that's a pretty thorough list. I would also say that when you are naming your podcast, you have a couple considerations going on. SEO, your search engine optimization is really important. You want those terms. And then this is going to get into another discussion. So the most common refusal for a trademark application is likelihood of confusion. Probably the second most common refusal is that the name is merely descriptive of the services. So here, any word in your name that has to do with the service that you're providing or the good you're providing, when you register it, it requires a disclaimer that basically you're saying, I have rights to this name as a whole, but I don't have rights to this one word. Other people can use that word. They just can't yeah. use it in combination with the other words the exact way that I'm using it. Right. So when it comes to naming a podcast, I would expect, and actually I think you're doing it right, if there are some words in your podcast name that need to be disclaimed. You just don't want the entire thing 
to have to be disclaimed or you won't be able to register your trademark, which might not be an, a concern of yours right when you're starting out. But I assume when you're investing all this time and energy and money even into a podcast and growing a podcast, you do want it to be a success. You do yeah. want it to be something that people come to recognize that needs to be protected. Like because you don't want to be in a situation where there are a bunch of, you know, other copycats. I can I without naming any names, I can think of some like very major podcasts in like the female entrepreneur area where if you Google that name, you'll come up with a bunch of others, which is a problem for the person who's trying to grow their business. So yeah. I would definitely say that you want a combination, but to be careful of that. So you want some distinct words and some that probably do describe it. So do you mind if I use your podcast name as an example? No, I don't mind at all. Okay. So moms who podcast. So podcast would require a disclaimer. Right. Because it is literally a podcast. Exactly. And yeah. Then and then moms may or may not require a disclaimer. It really, that's, that would probably be to the discretion of the examining trademark attorney at the USPTO. Moms who podcast as a whole would be protectable because that it's kind of, it's kind of hard to put it into exact words. It's more like I've done this so much that I know what, what makes it over the threshold. And yeah. sometimes if you're right on that line of, of, okay, you know, there's, a lot of there are a lot of words in your name that are disclaimed or maybe let's say it was the mom podcast and it's like okay well is this a podcast is it only for moms the mom podcast this is you know very on the line of like is it completely descriptive or is there something that's distinct about it there are within the trademark registration there's a principal register and a supplemental register so it's like the a list and the b list of trademarks okay. if your podcast name is on the cusp of like borderline too descriptive, but it's still somewhat distinct, which actually I think is probably hitting the nail on the head for naming your podcast. So when it comes to naming podcasts, you actually have probably more things that you're juggling than just a regular business name because you do want it to be descriptive. You just want it to also be protectable. So you want to yeah. like walk that fine line. Anyway, if you're hitting the nail on the head, then you probably uh, are going to end up on the supplemental register, which is the B list of trademarks. But when it comes to podcast podcast names, I actually think that's the best place to be because the A list and the B list, I'll call it, they have all the same benefits. No one else can register your mark. You can send that cease and desist letter to stop someone else from using the mark. You have, you know, you can put that R symbol with a circle next to your podcast name. You have all the same protections. The only difference is if you actually end up in court with someone, which is highly, 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 highly unlikely to ever happen. But if you're there and you are the one suing someone else for infringing on your name, if you had been on the A-list of trademarks, then the burden of proving your case would automatically shift to the defendant, which is a very unique thing in the legal system. Like I'm sure if you're watching Law & Order or whatever it is, the prosecutor, they have the burden to prove their case. You know, they go first. Yeah. Or even if you're suing someone in civil court in a lawsuit, they, the plaintiff, the person who brings the lawsuit, they have the burden of proving their case first. Got but here, when you have an, a principal registered trademark, that burden shifts. So all you have to do is come to court, show your federal trademark certificate, 
And it's the defendant's initial burden to explain themselves, to defend themselves. But when you're on that B list, which the only way you can get on the B list is if the supplemental register is if your name is somewhat descriptive, but still able to register, then if you end up on that supplemental register, you and you get involved in a lawsuit and you're actually in court, which is very unlikely to happen, then you will the burden of proving your case initially, which is the same, which pretty much every plaintiff in civil litigation has anyway. So it's a really small disadvantage and you still have all those other advantages. Yeah, that's so interesting. I had no idea about any of that. (laughs) No idea. That is so helpful. And so I would love to know, you know, if a listener is interested in having their trademark registered for their podcast and for their business. Well, first of all, I have a question. Let's let's get to that in a second. So when you're registering the trademark, is it are you registering it for the podcast or is it like for your business as a whole? Like would this cover like, you know, like just my business as a whole or is the podcast and business like separate for a trademark or does it combine in one? Am I making a question? (laughs) Yeah. So trademarks are registered in connection with specific services and goods. So even if your podcast name was the same name as your business, it's whoever owns the trademark, the business name is the owner of the trademark, but that trademark is only registered for certain services. So for example, let's say billionaire barista, I register that in connection with my podcasting services and my online course. Let's say I also have like t-shirts and mugs and then someone else, you know, they don't teach anything. They don't teach other business owners or coffee shops how to build a business, but um, they are billionaire barista and they have a whole like business of selling mugs and tumblers and stuff like that. My registration, if I hadn't filed in connection with mugs and or t-shirts, isn't going to be, I'm not going to be able to send them a cease and desist letter based on my registration. Now, maybe I could send them a cease and desist letter based on the fact that I was using the name first, relying on my common law rights. And that's basically, you can still do that. There are just a lot of disadvantages to it because once you send a letter, a cease and desist letter based on your prior use, if it's not registered, you might just be giving them the heads up that, hey, it's time for them to go file their trademark application and just inspire them to beat you to it, which will cause you more problems than if you had not sent the letter at all. So I don't recommend normally, every case is different, that if you don't have a federal trademark certificate, that you send someone a cease and desist letter just because you were using it first, because they might just go beat you to it. And then that's a whole other can of worms. You will right. disadvantage. So it's the federal trademark that you need to be correct. Able to yeah. Out. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. That and that's a good question. point because when you're registering your business, you know there are name searches that you'll do in your state that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. It right. is absolutely right. there. You can register a trademark, even which is different than you know business name availability in your state. That's useless these days because of the internet. I would say don't even worry about state trademark registrations. You're only focused on the federal system. Gotcha. That makes so much sense. Thank you for answering that question. Okay, so I would love to know, as our listeners are listening, where can they find you if they have more information? Tell us where can we follow you? 
And I know you you mentioned contract you said before, but go ahead and tell us your website and um, all those good things so that they can connect with you because sure. <laughs> Yeah. So if you need help with trademark searches or applications, my law firm website is brandlawboutique.com. And then, as I mentioned, I have Contractista as well. You can you can get to the trademark registra- registration website from Contractista as well. There's a header in the menu. But Contractista is the contract template shop. We also have a business legal checklist there on Contractista for you. And it's pretty comprehensive. There's a phase one of what to do when you're just starting your business checklist, and then phase two, what to do and continue to do as you grow your business. You can also connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Kaylee Giacome. I love that. And every one of those links will be inside of the show notes. Kaylee, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention before we head out? No, I would just encourage you sometimes this, it can be overwhelming Um, to neither put your head in the sand like an ostrich to deal with these things, but to not let it slow you down or stop you. Just get the right resources, do it the right way, and don't let this intimidate you. Still move forward with your podcast and growing your business. Yes, move forward. Even if it's just a small step, take that step. Kaylee, thank you so much. This was so informative. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me, Pamela. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you feel this blessed you in your business in any way, please share this with a friend who you know would love this. Also, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That is the number one way to say thank you and the only way that I know you're loving the show. Plus, it encourages me to keep going. Please don't forget to also follow this podcast by hitting the plus icon up at the top so that you're notified when new episodes are available. Lastly, come on over to our Facebook group where you can get more information about podcasting, get inspired, network, and connect with other podcasting moms. Head to PamelaKrista.com slash community and head to PamelaKrista.com to see how we can work together. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. I'll chat with you soon, friend.